0: We are back. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Rusty Mansell, and uh, we got a little bit to talk about here today, Rusty. We got to talk about the Missouri game, kind of recap that bad boy. Uh, Kirby Smart speaks to the media on Monday uh, and, and, you know, talks a little bit about injuries, a little bit about, about some other stuff. And then uh, we'll look ahead a little bit to Tennessee and kind of problems uh pitfalls that georgia might have to avoid in that game because the bulldogs have a chance to go eight no in the sec um uh, for the first time in a very long time first time since it split into divisions as far as i know uh but rusty let's let's jump into this missouri game because neither one of us had a chance to kind of get on here and relay our uh, thoughts after that one what were your kind of overall impressions of that win over missouri can't really complain i don't think about a 37 point win against an sec team
1: um i mean we talked about it every week um know with this quarterback position and you know it gets to a point where you know we can talk about practice reports we can talk about this we can talk about that but what I said last week at the end of the day when you see what happens on Saturday uh, and you saw Saturday stetson Bennett took all the meaningful minutes uh JT Daniels got in when it was 33 to3 so that tells me you know right now they're going with Stetson Bennett And they, you know, I think Kirby Smart said that on, on ESPN, a young lady on the sidelines made that comment as well. So, you know, with him going forward with Stetson Bennett, I think you, I talked about on the board yesterday. I'd like to see more play action early on first down, you know, not, not so much because Missouri Jake, you talked about was stacking the box against Georgia on first down and really stacking it every down thinking you got to beat us in the air. And they took some shots and wind up opening that game up. So, um, you know, you got to mix some things up with the game plan with him. Uh, not saying that the quarterback job is over. I'm just saying for the time being, it looks like they're going with Stetson Bennett. He's the guy. And um, so with that, you know, what, what makes what makes gives you the opportunity to be more successful with him, I think mixing in some play action on the early downs will help them.
0: Yeah, the whole run-run pass thing, I uh, I think that there was this kind of thought against Missouri that Georgia need if Georgia got the run game going it was a wrap I mean it was a wrap before it even started in my opinion but but uh you know there was there was some run run pass pattern in there uh as far as Todd Monk and and, and that's the way he kind of called it And and again I I say that without knowing what the the calls were and what was possible at the line of scrimmage. And I think everybody kind of needs to take that into account uh, when we start talking about play calling and quarterback play. Uh, you know, I went back and I watched it, Rusty. I thought Georgia's offensive line, I, I know they were stacking the box, but I thought in real time, Georgia's offensive line maybe maybe still struggled a little bit at the point of attack. I think to be honest with you, with some of the chances that Missouri was taking and some of the bodies they had up there, I think they kind of had Georgia's offensive line a little bit out of sorts in the run game, from a, from an aspect of who do you block, uh, where's your combo, where you know where does it, who gets help, that type of thing. And I think they kind of crossed Georgia up with just the number of, of bodies they had near the line of scrimmage, and you knew Missouri was going to have to do that. They came into this game allowing 280 yards a game rushing. And uh, Georgia's a team that can hit a team like that for 400 pretty easily if they don't pay a lot of attention to it. And not only that, with Zamir White, uh, you know, with you know, ripping off 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-yard gains all day, um, it could be death by a 1,000 cuts. You, possess, you may end up possessing the ball only 16, 17 minutes and uh, just getting your break speed off. I thought Missouri came in there with a really good plan, and I thought Georgia – uh once it kind of got out of that run-run-pass pattern, once it kind of decided, hey, listen, let's throw the football and get out of this, uh, get them out of this look, uh, Georgia hit some explosive plays. I mean, they had five plays of 30 yards or more in the game. Uh, four of those were via the pass. Georgia is tops in the SEC now in terms of pass plays of 20 yards or more if you take it by a per-pass attempt ratio. Georgia's only attempted 23 passes in the fourth quarter all season long all right nine games 23 passes that's less than three passes per game in the fourth quarter Georgia has the fewest pass attempts because of that in the SEC because they're not you know throwing the ball for four quarters and haven't had to in one single game this year well you look at it like that and then you take well Georgia's got 36 pass plays of 20 yards or more 216 I think attempts that's a 20-yard pass every six attempts. That's that's incredible. That's right up there with Alabama last year, which was 5.9. That's right up there with – that's better than LSU, a little bit better than LSU in 2019, which was 6.4. So, Georgia is is being explosive in the pass game right now, and it's making it count. It's putting up points, and then it's letting air out of the football late in the game. And I thought as far as the quarterback thing goes, Rusty, I think that a play – And I wrote about this. I think a play that might end up helping Georgia's quarterback position more than anything else this year was one that was pretty much a net negative in real time. So when JT Daniels, I think double play action, tried to take a shot downfield, he got hit. He got kind of hit as he threw. And he kind of looked around a little bit, got up, kept playing. I think that play right there, when we look back, maybe nobody admits it, but him just taking a hit, kind of maybe getting some of that injury jitter stuff out of them from having to deal with this thing all season long. I think that might end up being a help to Georgia's quarterback situation if he's needed or if he ends up taking the job from Stetson.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> quarterbacks don't get touched anymore, period. Uh, no. They barely get, they get breathed on, and, and on Sunday football, it's about a $50,000 fine. So, in college football you get touched a little bit more and and certainly to to get that over with to let you know like hey i'm back in the game so um you know we'll see where this thing goes um you know i'm i'm speaking you know thinking that based off what i've seen last two weeks they're going to go with stetson bennett so you start thinking about what can you do to be more successful with him Uh, right jt daniels he'll probably play maybe this weekend we'll see uh according how practice goes this week so you know, I know people. It's a it's a very very hot topic, and I don't think that we're one way or the other, Jake. We're just trying to give you an avenue to say, hey, this is what because they're not going to say a ton about it. What Kirby said to the report on ESPN was a ton more. He said to anybody else ever about this position uh, in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I think when you look at this, we're, we're I me and you're both on the same page in agreement that. They can say a lot of different things, but you're going to give up your cards on Saturday because you're going to play your best, which you think is your best option to win. And certainly going into Knoxville this weekend, we're going to see what they're thinking is their best option to win that game.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think right now this is Stetson's starting job for the time being. Can he? can JT Daniels play him out of that? Maybe. Can Stetson play himself out of it? Absolutely. But, I even I'm to the point now, Rusty, where I look at this as a the quarterback situation rather than the starting quarterback. Because I and I've said this, I feel like for weeks, having both of these guys healthy is so good for Georgia football because you've got a spark if you need it, you've got to step in if he's if a guy gets injured, uh, you've got options, and I think when you've got options, it's huge. And uh, you know, listen, stats and minutes to starter for a reason. Thousands of reps I haven't seen of practice this year, okay? Um, thousands of, of minutes of video that I haven't poured over like Todd Munkin. And, and that's another thing I've got to point out here, okay? This whole Kirby's loyalty to Stetson Bennett. Guys, Kirby Smart is not walking to Todd Munkin's office saying, hey, Todd, Stetson Bennett's the starter, all right? Your your opinion doesn't matter. Stetson's the starter. It's not happening, man. They're paying that guy $1.5 million for a reason, and it's because his his opinion on the position he coaches and the side of the ball he coordinates is that it, it means something. It means probably more than anything. And so, I mean, if Todd Munkin was like, hey, I want to start JT Daniels, JT Daniels is going to start. But right now they trust Stetson Bennett more. Is that a durability thing? Maybe. Is it a mobility thing? Also a factor. Um, but you know, I also think Stetson's going to continue to get better and Georgia's got to continue to try and get him better. And they got to do the same thing for JT Daniels too, because there's going to be a time maybe when Georgia needs both of them and having both of those guys healthy enough to play is huge for this team. And and I think that's the, the thing everybody needs to be focused on more than anything. We can debate all day about who should start and who shouldn't. Um, JT had basically four weeks where he didn't do a whole lot. Okay. It may take some time before JT is the guy who won the starting job. Um, that's just the fact of the matter. And we can debate all day about why he sat out so long and and did it ta- – I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. All I know is he's ready now, and George is better off because of it. Anything to add on that, Rusty, before we hit the break?
1: No, I'm, I'm with you. I think we're on the same page. All
0: right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk Kirby comments. What just happened here reminds me of that, that song they play going into the fourth quarter by Kanye. It says, no one man should have all that power – Jordan has all that power, and he cut me off. Okay, he just just snapped me off here, uh, producer Jordan. Man, just a, a tyrant that guy.
1: He's trying to take them them, them Ws for Tennessee this week already. Early, 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 early.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were talking some Tennessee before the show. A little bit of Hendon Hooker. We're gonna get into that. But Rusty, uh, one of the things that stood out from Kirby Smart for me today, and listen, Kirby Smart is the week is the is a week to week game guy. Um, You know, guys that are out for months or oftentimes week to week. Uh, But he said today uh, on Jamari Sawyer, who who didn't play Saturday, um, he's dealing with a foot injury. Um, Don't really have any specifics on that as of right now, but he's dealing with a foot injury. And Broderick Jones got the start in his place, but Kirby was asked about him today and said that, you know, Jamari's injury is not very serious. It's not going to require surgery. We had already reported that, talked about how Broderick Jones played, but also said that they're hopeful they can maybe get Jamari Sawyer back this week. What are you hearing on that, Rusty? What do you think is the possibility of maybe that happening?
1: Uh, You know, I, I I know this, a guy's a competitor. He's a senior leader. Um, You know, he didn't come back to sit around and if he can, if he can play, and, and help the team that he's the type of kid that's gonna play, especially in a game like this, uh up in Knoxville. Tremendous atmosphere, big time SEC East game. Um, you know, it, it's probably gonna be one of those where, you know, we initially thought Jake, just kind of what we'd heard, maybe two weeks, maybe three, but uh this is a guy that that loves to play. He's 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 truly one of the leaders on this team. So uh, if he can get back in any way, shape, fashion, reform, and be of help, not just get back for yourself, but if you can get back and help and give Georgia a better chance tomorrow, you'll do that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think that tough son of a gun. I mean, tough That's kid, um, gritty. Uh, you know, I, I do think this injury, um, just based on you know, some of the things you piece together, Rusty, it seems like it's an injury that if he absolutely positively had to try and play through it, I think he would give it a shot. It's not sure. one of those that's like a broken foot or a, or or even a bad case of turf toe where he's like, ah, there's no chance. There's no chance for at least a couple, two or three weeks. And we'll see how it responds this week. Kirby said he is able to stay and do some conditioning stuff, which is big for the big man. God, Rusty, we know that. I mean, listen, man, I ain't nearly as big as those guys. You put me out of commission for a couple of weeks, I can throw on 15 pounds like nobody's business. Okay, I mean, I'm ain't. i not one of these skinny dudes on the message board over at the junkyard, so I'm like, hey, how do I gain some weight? Man, Mm. I got a PhD in gaining weight, okay? I I mean, I I know how to do that, and I'm sure Jamari Sawyer does too. Um, Another thing I wanted to bring up to you, Rusty, was, you know, we heard about all those skull sessions and connection and all that stuff this offseason, and I asked Kirby about that today. I said, through through 10 weeks, nine games, tangibly – anecdotally no matter how you want to say it just a specific thing has it helped this football team kirby had a really interesting comment in the middle of that that probably listen i can't write about it and put it on facebook and have fifty thousand people click on it but it stood out to me kirby smart said he has had not had to call one leadership meeting this football season not one and to me that's like a lee corso yo right there. If you haven't had to bring your leaders in and discuss an issue within the team, I don't know, man. That that says a lot to me about why Georgia's won, you know, eight straight games by three scores or more.
1: I said this, you know, I and mean, people that are subscribers to Dogs 247, I don't know. I kinda I don't say I laugh, but I know it's coming. And me and Shay Dixon and Tim Watts and those guys are LSU and Alabama site. We kind of I'll make little jokes about June and July. Cause you always hear, this is a great senior leadership. This yep, Best off season we've ever had. This is the most together you've ever seen the se- Everybody's bought in. You hear all that stuff every year. We kind of laugh about it, but for this one particular year, I made several different comments in June, July, and specifically in August. That this coaching staff loves this football team. they love to be around this football team. I think you can see that energy on this team and you just, it's just something about the chemistry of this particular team with Georgia, their staff, their players, um, you can't buy it. You can't put a label on it. You can't, it just happens. And when you got a guy like Jamari Sawyer, big leader like that, uh, Zamir white those types of kids, Uh, John Fitzpatrick's a guy you hear a lot about, N'Kobe Dean. When you have that type of alpha leadership in the locker room, that's the type of thing that Kirby Smart didn't have to worry about because one of those guys handle it. And, uh, you know, N'Kobe Dean, you know, pretty much is that guy uh, that that you answered to, I heard, and Jamari's that guy on the other side of the ball. So um, I'll say this. I know a player was late a couple of weeks ago that was a starter to a meeting and he didn't get dealt with by the staff. He got talked to by a player and little things like that tell you that locker room is in the right spot and the right mindset. And, um, you know, we'll see how it finishes out, but going into this season, um, I was comfortable in writing everything I'd heard. And this staff loved this team.
0: Rusty, you know what we've done here. We've we've messed up. We've no. really messed up. We we're talking about this before the last listen, I think Georgia can sleepwalk through Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. They can't sleepwalk through Tennessee. Not that I think Tennessee is just this astronomically good football team, but I think Tennessee is playing some decent football as of right now, and Josh Heupel's got them believing. Yep. And this this is going to get thrown right back up in our face if Georgia has to kick a game-winner in Knoxville on Saturday, uh, or if Georgia should happen to, God forbid, for all of you lose on Saturday. Uh, but I will add on to what Rusty said, too. It's not just within the, within the players, where the chemistry, where the, the thing is. Um, I had a guy that spends a lot of time with a lot of different coaching staffs around the country um, and has spent some time around Georgia's staffs in previous years, tell me here recently, that Georgia's coaching staff also, a lot of chemistry there. Guys like to be around one another. It's serious when it needs to be serious. It's comfortable and light when it needs to be comfortable and light. The guys like being around the facility. They like being around one another. Um, that it's one of those staffs. There's just a lot of there's a lot of like-mindedness there. There's a lot of camaraderie there. And and listen, that's gotten Georgia where it's at right now. Okay, it's, it's played a role in getting Georgia where it's at right now. That's not necessarily going to win Georgia national title. What's going to win Georgia an SEC and national title is 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 execution, is continuing to focus, is being able to handle those expectations, it's being able to block out the clutter. And they're doing a pretty good job of it thus far. Uh, but they've got to do a big time game on the road this week against Kentucky and Rusty, the one thing early on in this week give somebody give us something to think about kind of as the week goes on.
1: I ask uh, somebody that I trust, uh, somebody that spent several years in the SEC this morning, what is the most difficult thing about facing a Tennessee offense? And it's almost like, facing Georgia tech because nobody does what they did with Paul Johnson. So you had to prepare for that. They go so fast and it's a little bit different tempo. A lot of people try to play fast. They play fast. I mean, they're going to snap the ball quick. They're on the line of scrimmage, you know, full speed, fast as you can go. It's hard to kind of reproduce that, I guess the best word in practice and, and show it as a scout team. Uh, Because you're not learning that, you know what I'm saying? So Georgia's going to have to adjust to the game speed when Tennessee, when they get the ball, Uh, it might take them a drive or two to, uh, I'm very interested in those first two drives for Tennessee. Uh, They've been successful on a lot of early drives in games, look back and look. So uh, how Georgia comes out and adjusts to that speed of Tennessee and how fast they're playing it's something that I, I'm going to be interested in and watch as the week goes on. But it, I thought that was an interesting thought, you know, your scout team has to give you a good look and it's hard to get a perfect look from something and how different they are kind of as fast as they go. Uh, we'll see. The one thing I'll say this on the flip side, if you're going to play fast, you better move the chains. If you don't move the chains, you're going to leave your defense on the field a long time against a ball control run offense. So, There's a lot of games within the game, but if you're asking me something I'm interested in as far as Tennessee versus Georgia, I want to see how Georgia, you know, how they come out early against Tennessee because it'll be faster than what they see in practice.
0: I would be surprised if Tennessee's game plan or or game flow against Kentucky works against Georgia. Kentucky ran 99 plays on offense, and I think if we're looking back at this game and Georgia's run 99 plays, then there's yeah, Tennessee's in a lot of trouble just because Georgia's a deeper football team. Uh, But, you know, obviously those big plays played a big role in that. I asked Lewis Seen about that pace, Rusty, today, and he said – I asked him, I said, hey, put me in your headspace here. When you see a team going that fast, does it make you – you know, does it focus you? Does it make you – challenge you? Does – what you know, he's – he get, To be honest with you, it kind of worries me about practice this week, he said, because, because he knows that Georgia is going to try and do it faster to get them ready. So he said that there will be two scout teams, and they'll they'll run a play with one scout team. And as soon as that's, that play is over, there will be another scout team fresh and ready to roll, ready to run a play, and they'll run a play within six or seven seconds. And that's how Georgia will have to defend this week. And uh, that's how Georgia is going to try to get them ready. My number one thing to watch out throughout the week if you haven't gone back and looked, and you like going ahead and looking at Georgia's opponents, just watch Hendon Hooker of late. They're Tennessee's quarterback. He's been playing really good football. I think he's a really cool story. Listen, I know he plays for a team that a lot of you hate. All right, if you live up in Chickamauga or mm. or up in Rome, or you live up in uh, Hiawassee or Blue Ridge, I know you hate Tennessee if you're a Georgia fan. Okay, but watch Hendon Hooker. Uh, think he was at Virginia Tech. At one point, uh, I mean, really cool story. I like the way he plays the game. He's fun to watch. He's playing at a high level right now. Only turned it over twice this year, two picks. Uh, and, and I think he's a guy that, that has a chance to challenge Georgia. He's another good quarterback, another different quarterback uh, for Georgia to face. And we'll talk more about that. We'll be back with you on Wednesday to talk about leans going into this game and to do a mailbag, and then we'll do our picks on Thursday. For this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place. Take it easy.